Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is with the first pick of CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 105. I'm Ryan Wilson. That, of course, is Rick Spielman. Today, Rick, it's a first Tuesday without a full slate of college games to obsess over. So instead, going to talk about some quarterbacks who've decided to opt out. Uh, one of them includes the best player in the draft, one of the best players in the draft for sure. Another includes uh, probably a, a likely day three pick, and we'll talk about those two different draft journeys. We'll also look at the rookie quarterback performances from week 14 in the NFL. Tommy DeVito, America's QB1, Rick. Uh, <laughs> you said last week or maybe the week before that he's earned the right to probably be QB2. We'll get into this a little later, but I think the Giants currently have the number nine overall pick. They keep winning and keep moving down the draft order. They're losing out on these quarterbacks that may go in the top five. How seriously are you considering Daniel Jones, Tommy DeVito, playoff race for the job next August. I, I, I still think it's Daniel Jones's job to lose. And then Tommy DeVito has been great success story. You know, we'll talk about it later on some of the things he just, but he, it's one of those that was like the pastor, not a couple weeks ago and him coming to save the Vikings organization. And unfortunately he's fell to earth through the gravitational oh forces and <laughs> gravity got him <laughs> <laughs> hit the ground hard. So, <laughs> Uh, but no, Tommy DeVito, that's a fun success story. It looks like the uh, good fellows are in the stands watching him play. Uh, they're going, you know, the dad with the uh, TD. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Chain and the agent uh, dressed up like he just walked out of like, uh, what was that movie? Oh, we can't say it because it's not on our network. Uh, oh, we did the um, the retrospective, like the the prequel to. Uh, what was that movie, Debo? <laughs> the the Michael Corleone movie. What's that original called? Godfathers. Godfather. So the the prequel to the Godfather was on Paramount Plus. So you can mention that. Okay. So yeah, it was like walking into a like the Godfather cast yeah. when you watch Tommy DeVito and the and, and play. And what now, I don't why is it Tommy Cutlets? I'm not sure. Joe Musso, our buddy and co uh the, the anchor at HQ, the Surface Sunday nights, calls him Tommy Cutlets. I did see in the pregame last night. I don't know if you were awake to see it or not. But they were tailgating out in MetLife Stadium in the parking lot, and they had chicken cutlets there. Pete was talking about that in the pregame. They had chicken parm out there. So they had the whole set of Italian sausage. They were they were making dreams come true uh, culinary-wise. And I don't know if it's from that. I'm not sure. Maybe his mom made him, made him cutlets when he gets home from, from work because <laughs> he still lives with his parents. I'm not sure. But uh, it's a great nickname. 
Tommy Cutlets is better than Danny Dimes, I think, is the nickname. Yeah, well, because Danny Dimes isn't always dimes throwing dimes. No, he plays like 10 cents sometimes. But I don't want to get the man while he's down. He's rehabbing from ACL. But great story. We'll talk a little bit, Tommy DeVito, and the other rookie quarterbacks. Uh, again, a wild time to be alive where the first two picks in the draft had pretty bad weekends and a guy that no one was even thinking about, let alone in the NFL, but at Syracuse when they ran him out of town to Illinois is the the best rookie quarterback of the weekend. A little sneak peek there. Although we could argue whether it's Will Levis. We'll get to that in a second. We'll also look at the top five rookie performances from the non-quarterbacks like we always do, but a little different this week, Rick, because we're going defense only and going to target some guys we have not talked about yet this season. Uh, and it's a little tease. Hang around to see which of our coworkers took time out of their busy day to take Rick to task on one of these rookies we're about to talk about. You have any guesses who that might be and what we what it might pertain to? No, I have no idea, but I'm really looking forward to the unscripted version of my surprise. <laughs> I uh, I texted Devo yesterday. I said, oh, my gosh, I got so-and-so to talk about so-and-so as it relates to Rick. And uh, this person went above and beyond. <laughs> and I cannot wait for you to see this because this was this made my day. So it's going to be fun. All right. In case you missed it last week, Rick and I discussed my most recent mock draft, the one in which I had the Bears traded out of the number one pick. And Jaden Daniels going before Drake May, which got Rick all fired up. So uh, Rick had some thoughts on that. You can check that out in the old podcast feed. And by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, Rick, you can see on the official with the first pick draft countdown board. What do we got? 135 days until the 2024 NFL draft. And I actually, it's not 35 days. I want to say it's 34 days since I used one of my days <laughs> towards ridiculing some of your thoughts and processes so i get one less day so i don't want to waste too much time because i know diva likes getting these things but diva i was minding my own business on monday uh, uh i did a on monday mornings i do an hq segment on on the draft with zach Allrich. so i went to see what it looked like because in the hotel room and it was actually rick and brady talking about my mock draft and you know rick gives me a hard time on this show rick murdered me Without me being present <laughs> repeatedly on that it's show. It's a little over-exaggerated. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, come on. Or, or, you hit me with a steamroller, and then you hit it in reverse. Yeah, well, and then you I did mean, a wheelie on me. Yeah. <laughs> in, I, well, I just thought you were trying to create content, driving uh, people to our site. That's true, too, though. Jaden Daniels are going to, is going to go to the Washington Commanders. All right. Let me ask you this, and then we'll get to going. What is the chance? Yeah, the Washington. The, the, you're right. The Commanders fans. That's the were, one that. That's the one that just throws me in a tizzy. They I, were very. You were speaking for all Commanders fans because they were incredibly irate about that prospect because they love Sam, um, Sam Howell, which I get. I like Sam Howell too. I thought you were angry about the idea of Jaden going before Drake May. Well, I was actually really angry about that. I'm not <laughs> angry. I'm just a small time scout in the uh, northwest corner of the country that's sitting in the back of your draft room in the corner. Next to the owner, by the way. Next to the Good owner. Thanks to you as the GM of this podcast. Now All right, you know what? Through. We haven't done a dollar bet in a time, uh, in, in a while. Dollar bet, Jaden goes before Drake. You're saying there's 0% chance? 0% chance. All right. Uh, Debo, give me the dollar on Drake. I'll lose a dollar to make Rick feel good, but I don't want to say zero. I say it's like 4.5%. Zero. All right. We'll find out in 135 days. <laughs> yeah. or maybe Or maybe 136 if Drake may get drafted on day two. Just saying. <laughs> All right, like remember? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, our buddy Pete Prisco has been all up in our text message mentions, just yelling about Will Levis. 
here's my thing, Rick. I'm not gonna, I'm very happy for Will Love's success. And whoever Pete latches onto this year and tries to bait me into not liking, I'm going to love them like they're one of my own kids. That is my promise to you. I will not fall for the trap again. Yeah. All right. I will. All right. You will. You're actually yes. better at it than I am. I get very yeah. angry. I, apparently, I'm always the villain on every show. Not when you're on the same show with Pete. You have that going for you. <laughs> There's no out villainizing Mr. Prisco. Uh, by the way, leave us a five star review on the old Apple Podcast. Nominate an FBS or FCS college player who is draft eligible, and we will evaluate his draft prospects on the upcoming show. We'll probably get to that in the next few weeks because we have some backing up and. Debo likes to keep the trains running on time. So look for those and get them in while you can. And finally, if you like what we do here, be sure to tell a friend, especially if one of your buddies has a team that stinks and wants to look for some hope somewhere. We can provide that hope in the form of our draft conversations. Finally, hit the thumbs up on the old YouTube's button there. Help spread the word at NFL on CBS. All right, Rick, let's get to it. First up. And this will be an interesting conversation and see if this factors into your percentage chances that Drake may, in fact, is QB3. I don't think he will be. I think it'll be closer to whether he's QB1 or not, but just for the sake of conversation here. He opts out of his bowl game. He's not going to play in the Mayo Bowl. If he had come out and said, I hate mayonnaise, I'm not playing in the bowl, I would probably respect that more. But I want to get your take because if you roll the ball out, a wise man once said, I want to see if you're going to compete. Drake May has chosen not to compete. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I would say that um, with him uh, not being one of the, the big six games, um, you know, the male bowl isn't up there in the final four, the other two major bowl games. So <laughs> it's, not even, the, it's not even in the major tournament. It's pretty funny that you get mayonnaise dropped on your head, which I still don't understand Ugh, that concept. Nor but, do I. And I hate mayonnaise. I'd be throwing up all over the place if uh, someone dumped that much mayonnaise on my head. But. I could understand maybe because he's probably a top two pick and it's not a major six. So I'm leaning a little bit less hard headed. You're softening. Uh, you're getting soft. That's what I'm you're getting saying. Soft in this. Yeah. Since I've been on, on this side of the business where I can see the light on some of these guys, not all these guys power six game or January big six game. Absolutely play. Other than that, I can understand why, especially if you're going to go that high in the draft, uh, why that he would probably consider not playing in that uh, game. Let me ask about one of his teammates, Des Walker, who wasn't allowed to play for the first month or so of the season because of the NCAA trying to figure things out. He did play. He was a big impact player as a wide receiver for Drake May. I don't know what his plans are, but I think he has accepted his senior bowl invite, so I'm assuming he's done playing college football. Uh, and we'll just run with that assumption for now. Would you, does he need to play in the bowl game? Yeah. Are you more interested in, well, wouldn't you rather see him in the senior bowl or do you want both? I was, I want both. He hasn't okay. played enough to get okay. enough tape on him. So the more exposures he can get, the more he's going to enhance uh, his value. Uh, and I understand it's a backup quarterback, but that that's going to be thrown to him, but he missed a lot of the season. So you only have a small sample size of this year, maybe six games. Uh, so I would highly advise him to play in this game yeah. and to play in the senior bowl. The other thing I want to ask you, I think it was a 2017 draft. I think that's when this sort of started. Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette were the first really two big name, likely high draft picks to not play in their bowl games. Do you remember at the time your reaction? Were you like, what is going on here? Yeah, it was absolutely asinine to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing with our lives now? Is this what we've come to? People don't want to play. So these are the questions you asked him at the combine, I would imagine. Yeah. 
No. no what they say? I don't know if we interviewed those guys because oh, okay. we uh, they were top five picks, and we were uh, had Adrian Peterson at the time. So yeah, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to take a uh, a running back with our first round pick. But these are conversations you probably had during the draft. <laughs> oh my gosh! Look, look what Debo's been doing. So that's a great picture, you, by the way. You're like a movie star. If you're yeah. listening to the audio version, did you know what? that Hallmark is actually shooting a movie on the island? And oh, someone God. called me last night. Again, I was in bed by nine fifteen, snoring and three sheets to the wind, or whatever you want to refer to. That means you're drunk. Were you drunk? Oh, that doesn't mean you're sleeping. No, three sheets to wind means you've had a few too many pops. Well, that yeah, that wasn't the case. So I wasn't. You were you were sawing logs. But I was sawing logs in La La Land, uh, Dreamland, whatever you want to call it. I was out. And I checked my phone this morning, and there is a bar restaurant on uh, the island called Doc Ford's, which is a very popular place to go on the island. And the whole cast from the Hallmark movie crew, including the actors, were at that bar last night. So I was getting, like, texts from people that I know, you need to get down here. <laughs> you missed your chance. You missed your chance. That was my chance to excel from this podcast into Hallmark movies. And uh, just like that, I slept through my opportunity. You could have done a cameo. You could have worn your with the first big shirt. Everything could have been coming together perfectly for us. And I could have tried to talk them into actually having us do the podcast as part of the movie. <laughs> Can you imagine a uh, uh, with the first pick? draft hallmark movie uh if you're listening to the audio version debo has been dutifully taking the last five minutes to make a uh, a photoshop of of rick's beautiful face uh getting mayonnaise dumped on him from the the mayo bowl Ugh. here we are number one overall pick odds caleb williams minus 500 so why Great. would i bet a dollar and lose 500 it makes because no he's going to go first overall yeah, okay. Well, I'm not making that bet. Well, I think the Jaden Daniels, we talked about the Heisman last week, and you you had Michael Penix Jr., which I actually liked that pick. But Jaden Daniels, I think, got to a minus 1,400, but it was such a sure thing that you well, you wouldn't do it. But I think people probably felt pretty comfortable because you sort of knew what was going to happen. It, well, there was no real uncertainty. So, you know, you bet minus 1,400 to, to win. To win what? 100? Is that how it works, Evo? <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys got it. I mean, Rick, Rick, put up put up a hundred thousand dollars and you win twenty thousand dollars if Caleb Williams goes number one. That seems worth it if you're that sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take a hundred thousand dollars, which uh apparently you guys have not seen my bank account. Then I actually was homeless for a year oh, and unemployed gosh. and barely, you know, getting through life. Um, but a hundred thousand dollars to win how much? Twenty, twenty K. 20,000. So, but if I lose, I lose a hundred thousand. You're not so going to lose that minus 20. So in essence, I'm down $80,000. You're not going to lose. Trust what, me. I get my hundred thousand back or how does that work? Debo? Oh gosh. Debo, you have to explain this part to him every time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I like okay. the better odds. I'd rather put a dollar to win $400 on a Drake may or a dollar to win $2,000 on Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Day. But people say that because they liked it, the return, but those are longish and longer odds. And that's the, that's the whole point. So you're, you're basically know, the point is I bet every horse in a Kentucky Derby to win. Oh, okay. I see. How I much money do you end up making on every horse to win? And if a long shot wins one year, I won. At gross minus net, I won like one hundred and forty dollars. 
okay, on one year, you do this every year? Yes. On average, what happens? Do you lose money or make money if you average it out? Uh, well, I always, I always win. Oh, why doesn't everyone do that then? That seems like there's a that's a loophole. I don't that's lose needed. money. I lose money, but he I loses overall. His net is a is a big loss. But gotcha. okay, I, say I picked the winner of the Kentucky Derby. That's a right. I see you. Right, you got you. I got yeah, you. The NFL draft doesn't work like that. This is yeah. not. This is not 2022 with Trayvon Walker, which was a year with no quarterbacks, where Trayvon at one point was 40 to one, and that would pay off. There's there's no chance this year. Right. I think that's right. All right. So you uh, to get back to the the original conversation, you you could not wrap your brain around the idea of, of a player, no matter how highly they were going to get drafted, not playing in a bowl game. And then the floodgates have opened. And your biggest fear is one less game to evaluate. Is that what it is? Or is there anything else? Competitiveness? What is it? It's a combination of everything. Okay. And it's, you know, it's old school. Go out with your brothers one more time. Win gotcha. one for the Gipper, whatever you want to refer to. Do one for the old podcast on with the first pick. There you go. <laughs> That's the only reason you should play. There. All right. Let's talk about another quarterback. Probably the, the most handsome quarterback in, in in college football last fall. Sam Hartman transferred from Wake Forest, went to Notre Dame, um, went over to Ireland and, and got off to a strong start again in that game against Navy. But I think that we knew who he was, whether he was playing against a team that didn't really put up much of a fighting chance or they were playing in, in tough games that play this themselves out in the fall he opts out of the bowl game now this is a guy i don't know did we say aiden o'connell is, is sort of the comp for sam hartman something in that neighborhood less of okay but yeah but in that area yeah so what are you thinking when you see a sam hartman opt out when the understanding is he's probably a day three guy best case well we're the sun bowls in el paso Used to be. I've, I'm not sure this year. I can't imagine it's changed, but yeah, I think so. Okay, so that's number one. It's not the most. It's not good like going to the Rose Bowl or. But he he's not Drake May though. No, but look, did did his right tackle come out as well? Did his right tackle Fisher declare coming out? I don't know if Alt's playing or not. I think there was a whole big thing. I thought I read that there was uh, some discrepancy in the receiver room. So who's he throwing to? Uh, I can see he's played. He's got. He has six years of college tape on That's him. That's true. So I don't know with that big of history if it's going to change that much if he plays okay. in, a, in a Sun Bowl. Also worth noting, to your point, Blake Fisher has declared for the NFL draft the right tackle, and he, according to Sports Illustrated, is opting out of the bowl game. So, and I don't know. Like I said, Alt hasn't made his decision whether he's opting out or not. At least I haven't seen anything. I think there's a mess at the receiver room right now. So you don't want to actually put yourself – one line I think could be you put yourself in harm's way as a quarterback with a bunch of backups and they're trying to protect you and they haven't yes. played together, so on and so forth. All right. I'm fine with these players doing whatever they choose to do. If they don't want to play and their agent convinces them it's not a great idea, I get it. This feels different than what we talked about at the Ohio State Pro Day we talked about before. Dewan Jones walking around in sweatpants and refusing to get weighed, which is something I don't think you'd ever seen, right? I've seen before, yeah. Guys refuse to get weighed? Yeah. Okay, but it's pretty rare because it seemed like people were very, like, what's going on. Yeah, very rare. Jokes on By us. The way, yeah, Tony the Tiger Bowl, Notre Dame, Oregon State on CBS, December 29th, 11 a.m. Check it out. Tony the Tiger Bowl. Is that the one formerly known as the Sun Bowl? Is that the El Paso Correct. Bowl, Debo? Correct. Tony the Tiger Bowl. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, well, Sam Hartman will uh, 
like us, be watching that game on the couch on CBS. So check that out, December 29th. Okay. I'm going to take a quick break. Then I'm going to get back and look into these rookie quarterbacks. And boy, oh boy, a lot of bad and uh, some good to end the week on Monday night. So that'll be something we'll talk about right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <laughs> yeah, if you hear Rick laughing there. On Good the Burger YouTube. too. I can't wait for that one. Good That's Burger too. Rick saw, like the, saw the preview for that. And that that reminded me of a couple things. Number one, how funny Good Burger was 20 years ago. Number two, uh, Saturday Night Live did a bit on Sean McDermott and his pregame speech over the weekend. And that leads me to this question, which just sort of popped in my head. When you have those sorts of crazy out of left field things happen, even if they're three years old or three weeks old, what's your to-do list look like when you get, when you get that phone call as a GM? You don't have a to-do list. You just, after you get the phone call, after you get the phone call, what do you do? Uh, One thing that I'll say is those players have a lot of respect for Sean McDermott for as much as went on, even with the Von Miller situation. And it seemed like that was sometimes it could be a distraction. This one seemed like to be a rallying, a rallying cry for the Buffalo Bills. And they came and supported their coach. You could tell how beloved he is in that locker room by the way the players responded after that game. So unfortunately you have to go through adversities uh, and, but they responded and they rallied around Sean McDermott, which tells you how much respect he has as a coach in that locker room and how much those players want to play for him. It sounds crazy because a lot of times people will say in the media that at this level, when you're a professional athlete, you don't need to be motivated, but I feel like you can be motivated. And I don't know if they win that game, if there wasn't a a laser like focus on the details that sometimes are lacking in recent weeks, does that seem reasonable or uh, yeah, it- I think an adversity situation can also, yeah, refocus you too. Yeah. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't have to go through the adverse situations, but this may have been a rallying cry that they uh, came together on. Uh, yeah. when, and like I said, that was a, a great game. It was one of the best games I've seen all weekend. Unbelievable. 
you've told me before that, and actually, I'm not joking when I say this. I, I found it hard to believe that you would get so fired up when you watch the games from the from your suite. What are you doing if you're watching that Chiefs game and Kadarius Tony is five yards off sides and it'll cost you potentially the game? Are you just walking out of the, taking a lap around the the stadium? Like, how are you managing that? You're a numb. Just everything just drains from your body. It's like an outer body experience. It's something as simple as just lining up the correct way. Is uh, it, it? It is. It's hard to explain that you can't believe what you just saw. And then after the snap, it was maybe one of the greatest plays of the season. Right. On Kelsey throwing it back to Tony and him going in for the game-winning score. And everybody's up, giving everybody high fives in the in the box and everything. And then bam, offsides. And he was offsides. Now, if it was controversial, you'd be really upset. But it's it is what it is. You you broke the rule. You were offsides. Yeah. The penalty was correct, and and you cost them the game. And Sunday night, I was of the opinion that, okay, the refs are just ticky-tacky in this, but as the hours and days have passed, he was clearly offsides. Part of the issue was that the refs have seemed to be involved in calls in recent weeks that have maybe they didn't need to be involved in. But this actually bolsters their case. And the other thing is Kadarius Tony has, I don't want to call him uh, an absolute and utter not-working-out situation in Kansas City, but it's pretty close. Uh, for what yeah. they gave up, didn't work out in New York with the Giants. And he, was he helped him win the Super Bowl last year with the punt return and made some plays to okay. help him get over the hump <laughs> for the Super Bowl. But, That's true. All right. Uh, for what they gave up for him. But there are things that, you know, the drop balls, you know, we've seen one oh, in that gosh. game as well. So um, he was one of those guys um, that has had durability concerns. You know, he's hurt. Thing, yeah. he's hurt every year. He was hurt every year with the Giants, and he's been hurt every year since he's been in Kansas City. Those are those are major, major concerns. One last thing I'll say, and we'll talk about Will Levis's impact on the game on Monday night against the, the Dolphins. But it feels like the Dolphins without Tyreek looks like Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek in that when you don't have wide receivers, no matter how good your offense is, it can only take you so far, and they seem to be struggling with that. Not to take anything away from the Titans did, but that was my first thought when Tyreek went out with that injury and wasn't that offense nearly wasn't nearly as dynamic, even against a banged up Titans defense. Hence, I know this um, from an MVP standpoint usually goes to the quarterback, but is there a, an argument, a very strong argument, <laughs> that Tyreek Hill does more for his team than maybe Tua does, Absolutely. or any of these other quarterbacks that are all mentioned as MVP candidates, Dak, Dak Prescott, who's having a phenomenal year, but would Dak be Dak without the way CD lambs playing? And you've talked about this before, how the That's wide, how the wide receiver position has become so much more important than it was probably even what, 10 years ago. Yet you continue to put an offensive tackle in front of Marvin Harrison <laughs> jr. And they, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, do that. Uh-huh. I didn't do that. You didn't do that. My last draft I had when I traded up, it was Caleb. And then Marvin. Okay. I had the Bears take Marvin number two. Yeah. Our relationship will grow a lot more as long as you don't put an offensive tackle ahead of Marvin Harrison. Lesson learned. The Washington Commanders fans want an offensive tackle, but only if Marvin Harrison is off the board. No quarterbacks. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks. Oh, sweet mercy alive. Let's start with Bryce. And we don't have to linger on this. I watched the game uh, in Stanford, Connecticut, where we do HQ on the weekends. You do it in the mornings, I do it in the evenings. And without knowing the stat line and with the sound off, 
I thought Bryce made some good throws. And then I saw he was three for 15 in the first half. I was like, oh my gosh. So I'll go back and watch it yesterday morning. There were six drops that I counted. I mean, balls hitting guys in the hands. A couple of those were contested catches that you would like to see Adam Thielen or DJ Shark come down with, and they're 50-50 balls. And so maybe they're four and a half drops told, but they're enough to make you think, okay, they're not even helping Bryce out. Now, Bryce missed a huge post in the middle of the field. that could have been a touchdown. He's got to quit fumbling the ball and taking those huge hits when he's holding the ball too long. And I do think that he's probably mentally tired from the way this season is going, and he feels like he's seen ghosts at times. Again, a handful of good throws and a, a bunch of stuff that you hopefully can alleviate with um, better offensive line play, better wide receivers, a better running game. Did you ever see a kid take a hit on a sack? He got spun around like a world. Oh, he sure board. did. I yeah. thought he was. I thought he was done. He's tough. <laughs> Give yeah, him that. It's no question. If you want to criticize, well, small guy and all that, this may be one of the toughest hombres I've seen with some of the hits that he takes. Uh, and bounces right back. The one thing is you've seen his athleticism on some of the plays he made with his feet. Uh, you've seen him finally starting to take this uh, new offensive coordinator calling plays Brown, uh, taking shots down the field. Thank you. I was disappointed in his accuracy down yep. the field, like you had mentioned. He needs to make some of those throws. Wasn't used to it. He, he's hadn't been asked to do it for 14 weeks. But, yes, you're right. He did miss a couple of deep throws. So those that was the disappointing thing. But, um, you know, he's working a little bit with one hand tied behind his back, in my opinion. And I think you're right. Mentally, after everything he's been through, it's been a long offseason from <laughs> the pre-draft process to where it's at right now. So they're just, you know, please just get us to the finish line over these last four weeks. Let him play. Let him continue to learn and grow and make mistakes and make strides which I do believe he makes strides every week he plays. But, you know, this kid, you got to give him credit because he plays with a big heart. And for as much as he gets smacked around on some of the shots he takes, you would think that he wouldn't be able to hang in on some of those hits or would be on injured list. Uh, but every week, you know, he bounced right back up and he bounces back up week in and week out, regardless of how, how many shots he's taken. Let me ask you something that uh, Joe Musso, our coworker, asked me over the weekend. If you're the new coach coming in, whoever that may end up being as you go through the interview process, um, are the Carolina Panthers having to sell you on Bryce Young or are you having to sell this potential coaching candidate on the ownership? Because those are two different questions and they could be equally as important to one more important than the other. You better have a game plan because, like we said in other podcasts, Bryce Young isn't going anywhere. So yeah. however you got to make him Bryce Young that we saw at Alabama – you better do that. Now, the ownership question is, you know, another thing, but how many opportunities do you get to be a head coach in the NFL? Right. So, I mean, do you pass up an opportunity and, and continue to wait? Or if you think you're ready um, to, to take your shot as, as a head coach, then, um, you know, you're still going to get compensated fairly well. And you'd hope that, you know, you last more than a year. Uh, down in Carolina. Uh, yeah, Frank Reich hoped that too. Yeah, and the owner has patience. Um, but if he brings in one of these bright young offensive minds to come in and to fix Bryce Young, I think that he will get the opportunity over a couple of years, two or three years to do that. All right, one last thing. If you're David Tepper or even Scott Fitterer, should he hang around? I'm not sure what his future is going to be. Are you asking Bryce what he likes, an offensive coordinator slash head coach, or is that too soon? 
I think it's too soon because he's such a young kid. Okay. Uh, from a rookie standpoint, um, where I don't know if he knows what he doesn't know yet. Yeah. If it was a veteran, you maybe have him involved mm. in the process. Um, but I don't think as a as a rookie QB. Now, the head coach candidates and Bryce Young, to me, I think need to sit down. And, oh, okay. And, um, you know, to, to potentially have some internal talks that way. But like I said, whatever head coach takes over Carolina, have a plan for Bryce Young and what you're going to do offensively with him and how you're going to improve this offense. I think that should be on the first slide of the PowerPoint. Yes. That's the only yeah. If you don't if you come in and tell me, well, we're going to travel two days before we go out to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Don't even sit down, sir. <laughs> don't even sit down. Just keep on moving. Uh, all right, we got to do this. Debo insists we got to give a grade. For uh, Bryce, compared to the other quarterbacks we'll talk about here, I mean, I'm going to give him a C minus just out of kindness because it's the holiday season. C. C. You don't do minuses and pluses, we've learned. No. That's a principal thing with me. <laughs> I've heard. All right. Next up, Coleridge Bernard Stroud the fourth. Toughest game of the, the year for him. He got concussed. He had to leave this game early. Uh, he was getting banged up pretty good. Quentin Williams got him on that sack. He banged his head on the turf at MetLife, had to come out. Davis Mills came in. Weather was not uh, great there. That said, Zach Wilson had one of the best games, maybe the best game of his NFL career. Uh, two former second overall picks, different years, of course, different uh, NFL trajectories until they met on Sunday. Uh, Tank Dell didn't play in this game because he had the fractured fibula from last week. He's done for the season. Nico Collins was out. Dalton Schultz was out. So, again, this is similar to the Kansas City, Mahomes, Miami, to a conversation. It's hard to win when your best players aren't out there running routes for you. I thought CJ fought hard, but he had um, he had three turnover-worthy plays. All the interceptions were dropped. One by Sauce Gardner uh, that comes to mind. Um, uh, what's this? What's the uh, middle linebacker's name? Used to play for the Ravens. Mosley had an opportunity for an interception early on. He dropped one where it looked like CJ didn't see him in the middle of the field. But this was his worst game. I don't take anything from it other than quarterbacks have bad games and he got injured. Hopefully he's healthy enough to play. We'll see where he makes his way through concussion protocol. But I'll ask you this. Is there a real rookie wall? Did there any research you guys did on that? Anything you're concerned about? Anything you do to guard against it? No, I don't know if you can guard against it or rookie wall or not. It's a mythical thing. Um, so some, you don't buy into it? Some guys get tired. Yeah, like I said. <laughs> I'm tired. We both, we both hit the rookie wall. <laughs> But uh, I would say that CJ went into a buzzsaw. It was bad weather. He did not have his weapons going against the very good New York Jets football team. Yep. When you watch it, it was no one really getting separation. Now, CJ did make some good throws, off-schedule throws, but it wasn't the CJ we're used to seeing. And uh, so whether I don't even know if it even looked like once they got down, and I'm not going to say this in, in – and it looked like they almost got disinterested. They played, you know, guys were playing hard. I'm not saying they weren't playing hard, but it just wasn't the same confidence level or savvy like when they came back and beat Cincinnati uh, when he orchestrated yeah. that last drive. I just didn't get the same feeling watching him play this week in the rain in New York versus a very good Jets defense. Uh same sense that you had that, hey, he may pull this out. You know, he did in the Denver game as well. Uh, he did in the Cincinnati game. I just didn't get that feel. And plus, he was getting beat to heck, too, 
I think that's the most he's gotten hit uh, this year. I agree. And he's taken some hits along the way. They've had this. I think this categorizes as a bad loss, not because of the Jets defense, but because Zach Wilson was dealing, which isn't CJ Stroud's problem. But they've had bad losses as a team. This one in the Carolina game come to mind. Just thinking about the playoff race. I think overall this season is a resounding success for a lot of reasons. Um, but if you're thinking about the playoffs and what 2023 looks like, you would like to have those games back, but hopefully CJ gets healthy, gets back into it. Um, all right, we got to grade him. No incompletes here. So I'm going to give him, I'll give him a C plus. I thought he played better than, than, uh, Bryce, even though he had more turnover worthy plays and he got injured, but tough up to that point. C. C and C. Okay. C and C music factory. Rick's favorite musical group from the nineties. All right, here we go. Hold on to your hats. Will Levis. <laughs> uh, you talk about tough hombres. Is he got to quit throwing his body around like an insane person? He's going to get his uh, body beat up on unnecessary hits. You know, why after a pick six and the 300 pounders oh, in the end zone, you try to take a shot at him? And again, what we talked about last week and that effort he made on that fumble recovery 10 yards. Yeah field him whirly burling throwing his body up in the air to try to you know and, and converted a third down on a scramble for a first down there's no question about the kid's toughness and competitiveness uh it's just he's has to become smarter because his body isn't going to hold up if he continues to try to truck dudes uh in the open field now he's you know there's no question about his physical stature and his ability to take some hits but why do you put your body in that type of situation where you don't always have to. So he had a great week. There's no doubt about it. The tough, there's no question. It's tough. It's like you said, we'd like to take him, like him to take fewer hits. Where are you at on his rah, rah persona too much to write him out, gets his teammates fired up. I think it gets his teammates fired up and they okay. responded because for three quarters, I mean, he tried to give the game away. I yeah. mean, the pick six, the, the, the crappy pitch to, Oh, that was terrible to Derek Henry. Yeah, to Derrick Henry um, that gave, you know, Miami. But for him to be down with, what, two-some minutes or four minutes left, two scores? Down 14, that's right. And to throw that uh, across his body on the touchdown pass, and then I don't know what happened on a busted coverage on a two-point conversion. Uh, but give him credit because he his energy and his – which you just talked about competitiveness or fire really, I think was the reason why Tennessee won that game because in D hop, boy, did he have a, a night last night? Ooh wee. And you I love that. Not happy that this kid's his quarterback now. Yeah. That, right. I mean, a couple things here. So as I look at it through the, the stats, uh, Levis was third in yards, passing yards among all uh, quarterbacks in week 14 at 327. He was, in terms of explosive plays, the Titans and Will Levis ranked fourth among all teams. First downs per attempt, Will Levis was third. So he was absolutely dealing. And you mentioned there was some bad that was mixed in with that. The interception can't happen, but we've seen Bryce make interceptions like that. Um, Taking the hits can't happen. But I give him credit, and you just talked about it. He hung in there. He didn't hang his head. He's tough as nails, and it feels like something you can build around, right? Yeah, I would say this was a signature win for him. 
especially in Miami, the way Miami is, everybody's touting them as to be the, you know, potential number one seed in the AFC and letting this game get away from them. So you got to give credit where credit's due. And he may be not be the most perfect quarterback yet, but he, I, I thought his deep ball accuracy and, and he's doing a better job with touch on some of these throws yeah. that we haven't seen. Um, so he is progressing and I think he's done enough now to say that he is their quarterback and going into next year's draft, uh, we'll start building around him. All right. Let's talk about that just quickly. I know we'll get to this, uh, at the end, but just, uh, the Titans quickly, they have the ninth pick right now. Would you rather have JC Latham or Roma Dunze, if you're Will Levis? Dunze. JC Latham's the right tackle at Alabama. Dunze is the big play wide receiver out of Washington. I, I agree with that. All right. Oh, we got to grade him. I'm giving him an A. No, I'm giving him an A+. Plus. I, I'm sorry. He deserves an A-plus for the way he came back. He started off as the D with the turnover, A-plus ending. I would give him an A ending, but a C, so I'm going to give him a B overall for the entire game. But you have to give him credit. I would lean on giving him an A because of how he ended up winning right. the game at the end. So give You'd me rather, an A. You're going to give him an A? Yeah. Oh, look, you look at that. You talk yourself into it. I was going to say, you want the, those three minutes that he had at the end, not at the beginning. You like right. the, that, how that worked out. All right, now let's go to the man of the hour, the man of the week, America's QB1, Tommy DeVito. What are we doing? Wasn't asked to do a whole lot early on, but he didn't make mistakes, and Brian Table, the coach, talked to this afterwards. He did what he asked him to do. He made good decisions, and then he had to make that big boy throw at the end to Wandale, uh, on the seven route, I think, to set up How the game. About that kid coming along and having him as an offensive weapon last night. Absolutely. Coming off an ACL and being healthy. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, or if, uh, Josh Edwards, our colleague, who's from Kentucky, uh, from Ohio, but was at the Kentucky Pro Day with us. Wandale was there recovering, and he's actually like smaller than me. So uh, I think he's a better athlete, too, by the way he played last night. But, right, they needed some help at explosive playmaker position. Jalen Hyatt's been off and on as a rookie, but that was a huge throw. Jalen has been coming on lately, too. We talked about him last week as a pop. So, again, it's all coming together. You said earlier in the podcast, this is still Daniel Jones' team. Um, but Danny DeVito, <laughs> Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, and I heard Chase Daniel, the longtime backup, talk about this on the Athletic Podcast last week. Games like this and games like the way Jake Browning's playing bought those guys three to five years extra in the league and a lot of money. Do you agree with that? Yes, 100%. All right, what do you think about Dan uh, Danny? Jesus. What do you think about Tommy's performance? Uh, gutsy. It's not pretty, but the kid figures out a way to win. He made more makes more plays with his legs than yeah. I anticipated. Uh, and he actually won that game, I thought, with some of his scrambles rather than his arm. Now, he made some critical throws down the stretch. You know, Jordan Love was looked like the Jordan Love we saw in the beginning of the season. Um, but this kid fights. It's not pretty, but he's finding a way to win games. And you don't judge the stats because he's not going to fill up the stat box. You know, he's not a pocket passer. He's not going to go through his progressions. Uh, but if the one read is open, he, he's more than capable enough to make those throws. He can make off schedule plays. You know, the touchdown um, when he rolled out to his right was a great throw. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. To Hodgkins. Yeah, to Hodgkins. So Ooh, that was a big time throw. And then he makes plays with his legs. And I think just like 
these rookie quarterbacks, the veterans are feeding off of their energy and their competitiveness and their fight and will to try to win games. And I think that is getting uh, momentum going for these teams on, you know, why they're, why, why the, you know, those were maybe the two best games besides the Buffalo game. Those may have been the two best games uh, to watch last night. And both, you know, you'd say they were upsets um, the way that Green Bay was playing and, and New York, you know, upsets them and, you know, Miami, uh, who we were throwing flowers on. Now you may be throwing flowers on them for the opposite reason. Right. Um, Along with the dirt. Yeah. So it was, um, it was fun to watch those guys. It's fun to watch these rookies because you don't know, but you see guys that like ball. These two, there's no question that uh, they're going to go out there and compete their tails off and they're earning that respect in the locker room, which is critical. You basically, encapsulated what I was thinking last night. I was watching that game. Tommy DeVito in August didn't even know if he was going to make the team. And he probably came into that situation with a lot of doubts and a lot of concerns. But when you have someone like Brian Dable supporting you, when you have your teammates behind you, when you have an entire city uh, calling your name, it's a lot easier to play looser and freer. Also understanding there's zero expectations because you're the third string guy out there. That sort of played itself out, it feels like. Yeah. And, uh, Kudos for the New York teams this year. Both their quarterbacks who've been ridiculed or the quarterback position, both of them have something that you're about going into next week. So Debo just threw up a graphic if you're listening. Uh, Tommy DeVito is an undrafted free agent to win three straight starts. He joins Duck Hodges and Ed Rubbert. You know Ed Rubbert from the 80s? No. Early 90s? I don't no. recognize the name either. Hopefully he'll have a better career. <laughs> <laughs> Great name, not the career that we all had hoped for. All right, so if I gave Will Loves an A-plus, you're going to love this. I'm giving Tommy D an A-plus-plus. He's my week four MVP, week 14 MVP, excuse me. I'd give him an A because he, he figured out a way to win a game last night, and they performed in the critical situations. Right, because Jordan Love, as bad as he played, came down and had that touchdown throw. Great catch by Malik Heath, another rookie. If we were talking about rookie Offensive side of the ball players, we'd have a long list of guys just from Monday night. There wasn't a lot going on earlier in the week, but great catch from him. Uh, 90 seconds left, and you cannot leave 90 seconds on the clock for Tommy D, Rick, because he will <laughs> carve you up. 71 rushing yards, too, by the way. You talked about his ability to run the run the ball. We saw that without question. All right. Going to take one more quick break. When we come back, going to talk about the top five rookies with a little surprise to Rick right after this. Hey, everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. 
Again, go to viore.com slash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Rick, let's talk about some of these rookies. Can I ask you a question? It's like oh, yeah. Ink Master, do they do those tattoos on real people, on real arms? So uh, if you're listening to the audio version, we just saw a commercial for Ink Masters, which you can catch on Paramount+. Plus. Debo, are there real people you use? Are those uh, the same dummies you do CPR on to get the tattoos? Those are real people. So those are permanent tattoos. Correct. Okay. Where, where are you on the tattoo game, Rick? I, I, I right now don't have any issues one way or another. Let people okay. be who they want to be. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, knowing that, 131 days until I get my next tattoo, Rick. So we can talk about that. <laughs> Maybe you'll be on Ink Master. Yeah, I should be on Ink Master. Get it for free. Maybe they'll do a, a with the first pick podcast uh, tattoo. I would do that. <laughs> I'm all for that. Make that happen, Debo. If Jamie right, Daniels goes number one, you have to get a with the first pick. <laughs> Rick, that's, that's you. Both of you. Yeah, we'll get matching tattoos, Rick. You want to do that if Jane Dan goes first overall? Uh, I'll do that. I, I, although it looks like it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. And don't listen. Let me give you a piece of advice. Do not agree on anything CBS Sports related to a tattoo. That's how I got this Snoopy Ryan Finley tattoo. That just don't do it because Debo will hold you to it. He keeps a file of all the things you say. He will use them against you. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty confident that I won't have to get a tattoo. I thought there was no way in God's green earth that Ryan Finley would beat the Steelers either. And here we are. Yeah, but that was a dumb bet. At the time, it felt pretty smart. And it uh, <laughs> it blew up right in my face. That's all I'm saying. All right. Let's talk about some of these top five rookies. Defensive only because the D deserves some love. Let's start with Ivan Pace. Undrafted rookie free agent out of Cincinnati. Plays for the... Vikings, he's played a lot. We talked about him in the preseason because he flashed early. And they asked him to do a little bit of everything. Undersized was the concern, and you've made your thoughts known that the undersized off-ball linebacker is the reason why you don't get drafted high typically. But I feel like they're getting their money's worth at a high end pace. Um, he will occasionally run around blocks and get run out of plays, but sometimes he'll beat the, the interior offensive lineman to the gap, and he's tackling whoever's there. And he's a high-motor guy. They use him a lot in coverage. Uh, he does line up at off ball, but they'll line him up outside as well, nine tech or whatever to to be a a pain there. Had an interception on a on a great little catch on a slant. I don't know what the quarterback was looking at. I think Aiden O'Connell was the one who threw it. Thought it was going to be a second window slant throw. Either way, great catch um, by what Ivan Pace did there. What are your thoughts on what he's done over the first fourteen weeks? Yeah, and this kid wasn't even drafted, so great signing as a college free agent. And right now he's trending towards a year or two if he continues. This will be a Pro Bowl level player. Um, because he's very instinctive. He does hop around blocks, um, but he's athletic enough to get back in position to make the play. He's a tackling machine, made a lot of tackles outside, closing to the bubble screens and those short, quick screens. Um, had the sack to, you know, on the uh, Hail Mary before the half where he kind of sat in coverage, and as O'Connell stepped up, he went up and sacked him, and then the the interception, which was a great job reading the quarterback's eyes, 
I don't think O'Connor, I don't know if he didn't see him there or not, but I got to give the kid credit for making the break, uh, having the awareness of the slant coming uh, to him and uh, coming up with a play that ended a very un oh boy entertaining game uh, to get. I the think mic. the under hit. <laughs> it was yeah. three to nothing. <laughs> three to nothing hit. Uh, here, we'll do this in real time since I was traveling today. Let's grade the players, then we'll come up with our aggregated top five defensive only list, and that way you have to participate. Okay. What do you want to give Ivan? You go first. Do I get to give a number or a grade? Let's do one out of ten. Ten's the best one, so then we can add them up, make it a little easier. Uh, eight. I like that. I'm going to give him eight point one, just because I know you hate decimals too. <laughs> All right, next up, man. I am so glad we can talk about this guy. I'm going to let you go first because I don't want to taint your thought process with my flowery it, it, words. Okay, just time out. Just, yeah. There has never been an occasion in the 100-whatever shows we've I've, done, 105 shows that you ever tainted my opinion on. Just so we're just clear on that. I have my opinion, and by no way, shape, or form will I ever be swayed on what my opinion is. Now, maybe hard-headed, but... I'm laughing I because... I understand that you're, you are the quarterback of this podcast and you're the expert. Oh, boy. But I will not be swayed, in my opinion, if I'm doing the tape work to tell you what I feel about them, just so you know that. I wish you'd said that uh, a few minutes from now so it would perfectly segue to the, the mystery guest. So just keep that – hold that thought. <laughs> but, uh, all right, then I'll go on Tyree because we talked about him at the halfway point when we did the rookie grades, and it was hard to watch – uh, he had the foot injury back in November 2022, and you said that shouldn't be a factor. It just looked like he was playing. The game was too fast for him at the time. He looked like he was getting overpowered. We saw flashes of little Texas Tech in this game. He was driving guys into the backfield. Guys were struggling to anchor against him, and it was fun to watch. I think the very first play is when he had that sack. Um, so, okay, there, there's something there, something we can work with. And I think, again, we talked about this with Tommy DeVito, but confidence is a huge thing no matter who you are and where you are in your journey, no matter how good of an athlete you are. And I think Tyrese feels like he's turning the corner. Confidence and playing without having to think. Yeah. So I think the confidence comes because his foot feels normal again. And the playing, he's not playing by the numbers. He's actually letting it loose, pinning his ears back, especially in the pass rush stuff. A couple of times they put him inside over the guard and he was a mismatch on the backup guards that were playing for, um, for, uh, Minnesota, yeah, uh, but you can see the first step quickness. You can see the powers. He's still raw with counter move stuff. Yes, but he is a humming now. And <laughs> he, you know, when we talked about him earlier, when we did our rookie review, we all considered him. I considered him a bust the way he was playing, but he has really looked like he's starting to turn a corner and playing without thinking. Now, he still has a ways to go in the run game, in my opinion. His pad level gets too high. He's not consistent getting off blocks, but he's got such a long body that he falls into some tackles. He needs to get better there. But as a pass rusher, he's starting to flash, not only coming off the edge, but as an inside pass rusher. Yeah, and he put a little move on uh, Christian Derisaw. He beat him inside through the B-gap yeah. on, one, on one little move, which was nice. Um, good to see. So what's your grade? I already wrote my grade down. Oh, wait. One to ten. Six. Oh, okay. I gave him a seven. All right, good. I was happy with the progress. All right, next up, another guy that we talked about in the fall, Clark Phillips out of Utah, 
Um, Nickelback slash outside. He played outside in this game uh, for the Falcons against Tampa Bay. But the concern with him was size. And I don't think he ran particularly well. I have to go back and check. Four, five, he, one at the combine. I went and looked it up. Oh, good. Four, five, one. Thank you. But again, um, had six targets, two passes defended. Of all the uh, rookie defensive backs in week 14, he had the lowest, one of the lowest uh, passer ratings against at 39.6, which is really good. And um, he stayed in phase in the routes in which he was targeted. Now, there were some bad throws from Baker Mayfield, but I like the idea of finding a hidden gem. I think he was a day day three guy, I believe, early day three. And having someone to, to pair opposite A.J. Terrell because they need some help in the secondary. And this feels like one of those things where you're like, okay, we're going to draft him, see what happens. And it feels like he's making progress in the right direction. If we had a producer that or was or director whatever Debo is he's a producer okay I don't know the difference between the two jobs <laughs> but you're going to tell him how to do his job go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that to Debo because I got to be nice to him as well but if I were producing directing or whatever Debo does behind the uh the curtain like yeah. the Wizard of Oz he is I would have actually said that if I recall Ivan Pace was on our just good football player list, and I believe this kid was oh. on our just good football player list. But we do all that hard work, and then it just gets thrown out with the rest of the track. Look, Debo was putting together a graphic of you getting mayonnaise dumped on your head. He can't do everything. <laughs> yeah, that's way more important. Hey, you guys really identified these guys as good football players, even though they were too small or didn't run fast enough. Uh, Ivan Pace was not on Just Good Football Players. Uh, however, made a man, uh, Rick. Come on, come on. However, when we did the top five linebackers last year, he was Rick's favorite sleeper. Oh, he was? Yeah. I thought he didn't like him because he was little. Okay, you got that one under the radar. So, uh, fourth round pick for Clark Phillips. You talked about the 451, 5'9, So, pretty small. But anyway, didn't play small. No, and he played fast. He plays faster than that. I mean, he came hauling like a uh, uh, a wild banshee. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the Jesse one. What's the Jesse one? Oh, a Gorn Jesse. Yeah, I thought that was what you were going to use. Yeah, uh, uh, went on a reverse, and he came hauling across on that motion when they ended reverse and made a nice play. Stayed uh, in stride down the field and had the PBU with him and Godwin in a foot white in a foot race. The most impressive play to me in this was they were in some kind of three deep scheme and Baker tried to hit a seam. He was on the outside and read the quarterback's eyes and popped inside on that seam and had another great play PBU that uh, prevented the game. The only negative I would say is that he's more than willing and he'll come up and hit you, but he's small and he yep. has a tendency to nosedive and miss too many tackles. And he got buried in the depth chart because they have Hughes, they have Alford, they have a couple guys. Uh, and he got hurt uh, in the Miami combined practices, this training camp, and then kind of got lost in the shuffle. He's only played three games this year, and uh, he, but he has really jumped off the tape in certain situations, and this was his best game to date. Um, getting an opportunity, and they didn't play him over the neck. They played him a lot as an outside Yeah. Player. Which again goes back to things that we talk about because you you're a little hesitant to put these little guys outside, but I don't if it was by necessity or just good practice. But he plays bigger than five nine either way. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, and he's everything you saw on the college tape is showing up here, and the four five one and the the the, the weight and the speed and the height 
knocked him down to the fourth because I bet you're earlier in shows, I mean, he was considered one of the top five or six corners the way yep. he played at Utah. Yep, that's hey, right. So a little little fun fact, maybe Rick was misremembering a little bit. There's a lot going on in, in that brain of his, but <laughs> Art Phillips was his cornerback sleeper when we did the top what? five corners. So I think he was thinking about his his sleeper picks versus just good football You got both players. those guys? Dang it. You're pretty good at this. I'm you had Cordy... You had uh, Corey Trice, who was looking good, and then had the season-ending oh, injury for the Steelers. Training camp, Debo. Come on. Day <laughs> two. It was like very early. Yeah. But he was good on that first day, though, Rick. Just know that. All right. I wrote down my grade for Clark Phillips. pretty good with my sleepers in. You did great. It's almost like you did this for a living or something. This next guy is not my sleeper. All right. Listen, but you got to give me a grade on Clark. I wrote mine down already. What's your grade on Clark Phillips? Uh, B. One out of ten. Oh. Seven. Okay, I give him a six five. I I will not do whole numbers just so you know. All fractions. Doing whole numbers and whole letters. Next up, Mr. Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest. Um, before we get going here, Debo has a special message for you. <laughs> hey Rick, what happened with Kobe Turner? Thought he had short arms, was a short guy, wasn't gonna be able to make plays at the next level. See, that's the problem. You guys want to put everybody in the measurable category, right? What about heart, right? What about production? Same thing happened to me. Wanted to put me in the category. You guys let me go. Ten years later, we're still in the NFL, man. As my guy Pete Prisco would say, learn the game. <laughs> he hit you with a learn the game. If you're uh, listening or you're watching. Awesome. Huh? That's our colleague, Lee J. Doosable, who played 10 years in the NFL. He's a defensive lineman. I think Rick was the first general manager to cut him as an undrafted free agent. And he he's like the greatest guy in the world. But he also uses that as motivation. And he we had him on in the pre-draft process. He was talking up Kobe Turner. And as you noted, Rick, you were not a huge Kobe Turner fan. He's he's twitchy. What didn't? Do you remember what you didn't like about him at the time? I'm trying well, to remember. It all started when uh, I can't even remember. Chris Paso came on and put him in the first round pick. Yeah, yes. that's where that's where all of a sudden I just soured, and 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 uh, I will say this: I do recognize his <laughs> pass rush ability, uh, although a lot of his he didn't have any sacks this game. He look, man, he was moving though. But he did disrupt the quarterback. A lot of his pressures were effort plays outside the pocket. When Lamar got outside the pocket, there were a few that he got pressure on the inside. Him and Linderbaum went at it. I thought that was a really fun matchup to watch on tape. Linderbaum actually pulled him to the ground, which should have been a holding call and wasn't called. Uh, the run game, yeah, I think he still struggles versus the run. I don't think he can hang in there versus the big boys when they come off the ball. But he's flashed just like he flashed at Wake Forest as an inline pass rusher. Where'd he go? Fourth, fifth round? Yeah. I, I, he, uh, hey, you know what? He may have been late day two. I'll double check. It, it, he went higher. I, we were laughing when it happened because you were giving him such a hard time up to that point. Yeah. Well, between him and the Eastern Car Eastern Michigan kid. Yeah. The Eastern Michigan kid. I think Mr. Ramirez. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of either of those. And this kid plays hard. And so another guy that's overcoming the measurables. Now we're talking about a uh, 14 game snapshot, which he's flash, but let's talk three years from now because oh, I'll, go on. I'll be in my new office starting my next show. 
and I will be doing a video to send back to Mr. Doosable. So uh, 89th overall pick, Kobe Turner was third round. And at the time, we were giggling about it because you had given him such a hard time throughout the process. Not him as a person, just the the, the conversations we'd had in general. But the fact that he he's listed at 6'2", around 290, and plays inside mostly, he was getting Lamar off the spot, and not just getting off the spot. Lamar had to move a little bit to avoid getting hit, even as he got close to the sidelines, which was impressive to me. Yeah, no, and kudos to the Rams because yeah. him and Puka, both are guys that were uh, not a high on a lot of people's lists, not high on my list, let's be honest, and now you call him Puka Spielman. Puka Spielman, love it. Yeah, buying in, but both these guys exceeded expectations. And in your defense, you like Steve Avila, the second round pick, who's starting in a, in a guard, and you like Bryce Young, the the Tennessee Bryce Young, yes, older edge rusher, who's had a great. I mean, we're gonna Debo and you and I were talking about this before the podcast. We're gonna do a grading the each team's first uh, rookie class after at the end of the season. Without looking, the Rams are gonna be up there pretty high because they crushed it. Yeah, yeah, and they're winning, and they're and they're doing it with the rookies they drafted. All right, the big question. What are you giving Mr. Kobe Turner? C. You got to give him a, a number. <laughs> <laughs> Five. Are you serious? Five. I gave him a seven, six. All right. And one of those points goes to Lijay for his comments. He should get a 10 for the way <laughs> Lijay. I, I, so I sent Lijay a mess. I called him and said, hey, will you do this? And without hesitation, he said yes. And I, <laughs> I thought he would just hold his that one in this past weekend. <laughs> I, right. That's why I didn't want to tell you. Um, he was he was saying when I talked to him yesterday, he said he was, you know, watching the games with you and the, the Lions game had you not in a great mood with the way they were playing. But I oh. thought that Lige would just hold the phone up while he was walking down the street. He went to his office, he turned the lights on, he got his collar shirt on, got he his hair done out. right. He wanted to make sure you knew what was up. So thank you, Lige, for that. That was fantastic. Thank you, Lige. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more guy to get to. This is another guy that we've talked about previously on the show because he is playing so well. Uh, we've talked about his background, how he, he lost his sister, um, and how he suffered the ACL injury, how his final year at Clemson on the field wasn't as productive as perhaps he wanted it to be. But all those things have changed in terms of what he's doing on the field. Brian Brzee, number 90, lines up a three-tech. He can line up outside, over the center, doesn't matter. Another twitched-up young man. Um, he wins consistently for, I think, where he is at in his journey, and he is a disruptor. Uh, what, what do you say? More disruptive than productive? Is that what you say? He's very disruptive, yes. I feel like he has a chance to be both when it's all said and done, but he's a problem already, I feel like. Yeah. No, he was uh, that poor number 66, Nash <laughs> Jensen. Nash Jensen. I had to look him up, too. <laughs> Sorry, Nash. Yeah. To call you out. yeah. North Dakota State. College free agent last year, rookie, had his hands full. I think I charted eight quarterback pressures and hits, uh, no sacks, but he was – Bryce Young was getting killed, um, and hence the toughness of Bryce Young. But everything from a pass rush standpoint, you seen that we probably saw, if you went back and looked at tape two years ago before the knee injury, and then the adversity he had to go through. So there was no question about this kid's – ability it was just if he's going to turn the switch on and he definitely has down there the only criticism i would give him is that his pad level gets high he tries to look for the ball in the run game and then he'll get thrown out of the bar a couple times from that standpoint right but other than that the, the pass rush stuff he is quick he is slippery he is big 
and uh, hopefully Nash Jensen will get over the nightmares he's probably continuing to have going against uh, Brian Brzee in this game. <laughs> and that's the other thing you realize when you just watch Bryce and you're like, okay, he's leaving the pocket too early. His feet are all over the place. And then you focus in on what he's going up against. You're like, oh, I get it. He's got Nash Jensen trying to protect him, and he understands that Brian Brzee and uh, Cam Jordan and all those guys can throw him through the turf if he's hanging out there trying to make plays. I get it. So it sort of helps give you the full picture of what Bryce Young has to deal with, and all quarterbacks do. All right, what are you giving Brian Brzee on a scale of 1 to 10? Let me give you the direction ahead of time. Uh, do I have a spot right behind Ivan? He would be number two for me. All right. You want to say seven? Well, you gave Clark Phillips a seven. You gave Ivan Pace an eight. Gave Ivan Pace a nine and give him an eight. <laughs> okay. All right. Brian gets an eight. Ivan gets a nine. So uh, to final tally, here's how they rank. Number five, Kobe Turner. So disrespectful from Rick because that low grade. Turner ranks five of the top five rookies. Number four, Tyree Wilson. Great game from him. Number three, Clark Phillips. Number two, Brian Brzee. And then number one, Ivan Pace. Undrafted free agent. Big week for undrafted free agents and the rookies. Ivan Pace and Tommy DeVito lead the conversations for us here. All right, Rick, one more quick break, and then we're going to talk NFL draft order with a Titans focus right after this. And, Rick, by Titans, I mean Raiders. I actually wrote it down wrong, too. Hard to believe. Hey, Ryan, let's never do that grading system again, by the way. Why, <laughs> <laughs> Debo. That was rough. That, that was worse than the gambling odds. <laughs> <laughs> Getting Rick to get the numbers one through 10. I, I was trying to do it in real time. That's why Rick doesn't like giving us grades because it, it gets too complicated. Well, all no, right. This with the decimal points and it, we don't need all that. Just, uh, well, I added them up here. quietly. I didn't think that would be the, but every time I asked you for a grade, you gave me a letter grade. Yeah. Well, I can give you a letter. I can give you a number. It it's, doesn't matter as long as we get them in the right order. We got him in the right order, I think. Kobe Turner's my number one, though. Lee Jay's going to send you another video, it sounds like. All right, we were talking Raiders draft order, not Titans. I don't know why I was on the Titans. We talked to the Titans earlier briefly about what they should do at number nine. Rick said Roman Dunze over an offensive tackle. Okay. I, All right, time out. Debo, yeah. did you not send Titans on your sheet? Oh, am I right, Rick? I thought initially, I... Initially, I sent the Titans, but after their big win last night, oh. dropping them down the order, I did clarify that we were shifting to the Raiders this morning. Okay, I didn't read that one. That's on me. Okay. Thank you, Rick, for backing me up. <laughs> All right, we're talking Raiders. They uh, lost the barn burner three to nothing to the Vikings. Oh, man. They now have the number six seed. Number six seed. Number six pick. You know, after the way Tyree played, if Dallas Turner's here, I mean, you can still take, you can never have too many edge rushers. So let's start with the defense and then we'll go through the other iterations. So you're shaking your head. No, no edge rusher here. You're okay with Tyree and Max. Okay. So Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't going to be there. So I'm, I'm not going to do the that conversation with the offensive tackle for Marvin Harrison Jr. But let's do this conversation. Joe Alt versus a Jaden Daniels, for example. Or Penix. Oh, that high for Michael Penix. So two quarterbacks or, or the or, or the left tackle. Or what if JJ McCarthy? No, absolutely not. I'm not taking JJ McCarthy six. You okay. draw the line of Jane Daniels. I'm drawing the line of JJ McCarthy. Uh I would definitely have to think they have to get a quarterback. Oh, you this. think so? Okay. Yeah. 
All right. So I don't want to say you're overdrafted in any of these quarterbacks because we have a long way to go. And the college tape is the college tape. And the college tape, I feel like it's much better for the top four guys that we're talking about here than what we've had in recent years. Does that sound right? Because a lot yeah. of times with like Will Levis, we'd have to squint and make things happen and so on and so forth. So you can probably talk yourself into all these things. Is there a world where if Michael Penix is as clean health-wise as any of the other quarterbacks that he could be QB3? No. Huh. I think I, th- I think he's the best thrower from the pocket. Yeah. Um, but this game, as we're seeing, all these young quarterbacks that are having success are the guys that are making plays with their legs. And, you know, in my comparison, and, you know, you can – put it up there and all that other stuff and it could be wrong, but the Lamar Jackson traits in Jalen Daniels keeps popping up. So if yeah. you know, Lamar went what 32 to Baltimore yeah. that year or at the yep. end. They traded back up. But if you knew what Lamar was going to be, would you now consider him a top ten pick? <laughs> of course. He'd be the first uh, overall pick. That's why I, I'm not going to argue with you about oh, okay. Daniels probably coming up into this conversation. Hey, let me ask you this, because I wasn't the draft person at the time of that Lamar Jackson draft. Do you remember where Lamar was in his journey compared to where Jaden is now in terms of all the things they do well? A lot of a lot of similar traits, I think, with running. Uh, I think Jaden may even be a little better thrower. Okay. Lamar can throw the ball. I think the biggest thing is, what do you do with these running quarterbacks? That wasn't uh, the trend back right. then. You know, so um, now it seems to be the trend. And uh, that's why I think some of these guys are going to pop up there a lot higher than uh, maybe five or six years ago. In terms of athleticism, who's more athletic? Teddy Bridgewater, who you drafted, or or Michael Penix Jr.? Teddy. You think so? Okay. Before the injury. I still think you're – yeah, of course. I still think you're underselling Michael Penix's athleticism. I think he can move. I just don't think – that he is going to make a lot of plays with his legs. Now, I may be wrong. We'll see as it, you know, off the tape, he, he made some scrambles, but he's going to throw the ball first. All right. I'm going to read you my uh, mock draft. They had me do for HQ. This coming up later, just something I I slapped together. It's not on the website or anything, but uh, in this draft order, Caleb goes first overall. Um, we just assume the Bears take him. They can trade down, do whatever, but he's going to go first overall. Then I had Drake May going number two to the Patriots. You've talked about it. We're going to talk about it to death. They have to take a quarterback. Marvin Harrison to Arizona at number three. Olaf Oshinu to Washington at four to make the Commanders fanders, fanders, Commanders fans and Rick happy. And number five, Dallas Turner to the Bears. And then at number six, you have Jaden Daniels, Joe Alt, J.C. Latham, Malik Neighbors, uh, Michael Penix Jr., Roma Dunze, Kool-Aid McKinstry, any of those guys, where are you going for the Raiders? Uh, early, but you, you have to seriously, if, in order for them to get better, they're going to need, they got to get the quarterback issue resolved. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, AOC is not the answer. Um, Garoppolo is not the answer. And you can't win without a quarterback in this league. So I would say they, even if it's a reach, and I don't know, there's a ways to go yet through all the process, but you have to highly consider whoever your third quarterback is on that board. Maybe it's not Jay yeah. Daniels, but maybe it's JJ McCarthy. Yeah, who or Penix. Whoever that quarterback is, that has to really, really be thought that do we go and and get our quarterback? Because they can't 
continue to play like they're playing and have a chance to win without a quarterback. And it could even be Spencer Rattler or Bo Nix. We just don't know, Rick. Well, if that, then I will definitely get a Spencer Rattler tattoo right on my forehead. Oh, he keeps doubling down, Devo. I love it. All right, one one more dollar bet, and you can pick whichever side you want, and we'll get out of here. You can tell me who gets drafted first. I think I know the answer, but Spencer or Bo? Bo. All right, give me Spencer, Devo. I think he's going to make a run here in the pre-draft process. <laughs> I'm already down $2. <laughs> uh, all right. Devo, what are we doing Thursday again? I'm sorry. You told me I forgot. We're going to check in on some select rookies three-quarters oh. of the way through the season, dish out some grades, not like we just did it in the last segment. but <laughs> Yeah, we'll do it different. We'll have a plan. We'll see who the guest video had, speaker is. Uh, I just wanted to revisit if you had the number one pick in the 2018 draft with the benefit of hindsight, you take in Lamar or Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, I think it's Josh Allen. Lamar's the second pick, though, I think. Like number two, not even five or whatever. Who was the first quarterback off the board that year? Josh Allen? No, that would have been Baker. Baker was number one, and then Darnold, and then Allen, then Rosen. Josh and Rosen. Lamar. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that 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 kind of shifted <laughs> in our redraft. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. All right. So uh, on Thursday, we'll take a look at the uh, three quarter poll. If that's such a thing, uh, the rookie quarter uh, rookie players give them some grades. We'll have a new grading system and we'll see who the mystery guest is that calls uh, Rick is it out. Going to be letter grades? Is it going to be number grades? Debo, which direction are we going? He'll put it in the memo. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a memo that's never right. It says focus, Tennessee Titans. And then all of a sudden, there's a quick switch. It, it, again, I spent a lot of time defending Debo. He was actually marrying people this weekend, so he was a little distracted. So I give him, I give him a break for that. He didn't get married. What would he be distracted about? You, you like yeah. this guy? Marry him. You say yeah. Okay. You like him? She like you? All right. Let's put the weddings, put the rings on each other, give a kiss, and let's go to the bar. How hard is it, Debo? <laughs> no, you, you, you summed it up. <laughs> I think that uh, Rick and Debo should team up to to be a political operation. Can I go on, online and get a uh, a license and uh, be your assistant during the uh, ceremony? I'm very loving. I have a lot of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I won't be on a Hallmark movie show? I think I really need to get on one. Well, you should breakthrough for me. Do not go to bed at eight thirty, and you won't miss that opportunity. You, that, you, you blew your chance. Sometimes you only get one shot, Rick, and you slept right through it. I slept right through it. All right. Uh, on behalf of Rick, who apologized to Kobe Turner, his family, thank you for watching the show today. Uh, do thanks. Uh, I thank our guy Lee J for for his video. That was fun. Um, thanks to all you guys who watch and listen and comment. Feel free to subscribe to the old podcast. Leave a thumbs up as you do. That was episode 105. Rick, it is in the books. We'll be back Thursday to talk some more rookies. See you guys then.